I'm experienced now, professional. Jaws been broke, been knocked, knocked down a couple of times. I'm bad. Been chopping trees. I done something new for this fight. I done wrestled with an alligator. That's right. I have wrestled with an alligator. I done tussled with a whale. I done handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. That's bad. Only last week, I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. Bad dude. Bad. Fast. 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 Last night, I cut the light off my bedroom, hit the switch, was in the bed before the room was dark. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Stalian English Show. Uh, it's your boy, Coach English. Uh, with me is Coach Staley and Coach Kurtz. Um, Coach Kurtz is back for a second go-round. We hope he's going to stay from here on out. But, uh, Josh, how was your week? Oh, uh, man, hello, everyone. The week the week was um, was blessed. No complaints. Got to go down to Tallahassee this weekend and see my Seminoles go to war. We fell a little short of the mark to a very um, hot and good North Carolina State team, freshman quarterback James Blackman. I was very pleased with him. Hopefully my Redskins can get a win tonight. Yeah, yeah, Coach Kurtz. I'm happy to be on here again. Appreciate you guys inviting me back on. So uh, last week was great, and I'm happy to be with you guys again. Yeah, glad to have Micah back. Today we're going to get into a topic. We're going to talk about three things. We're going to um, talk about what it takes to be great. Um, we have tryouts coming up, so we're going to also talk about how to make a team, how to make the team, what coaches are looking for. And finally, we're going to talk about the privileged athlete. You know, are you one of those guys that needs special attention to be all in? Or are you a guy that's do, will, willing to do whatever it takes for your team to be successful? So we got some very interesting topics. I noticed Coach English didn't say anything about his Giants. I see you guys took one on the chin today. Well, here's the thing. I, I've never said anything about my sports teams on, on the show so far. <laughs> so I will continue to do that. Uh, you know, we only talk championships. So until that moment, I'll, uh, I'll keep it as what it is. I, was, I just wanted to know why you're so quiet about those guys. They, they, I mean, if that's your team. You know, Coach Kurtz is okay. Well, I did, I did make, I did Bill's make. Bill's got that win. Yeah, Buffalo I mean, got a big win today. Too. Uh, well, yeah. first off, first off, first off, their name is Buffalo. So let's start there. All right, that's the upper state part of New York. They don't really count. So when they win, nobody knows anyway. All right, oh, all right. So let's, so let's, let's. Talk. I didn't even know they had. I didn't even know the Bills had fans. That's all we got. That's all. That's all we got is the Bills and Buffalo. I, I respect Buffalo, but the Giants and the Jets play in the same stadium, right? Very much so. It's starting to look like it. Because they, they play the same. Like, I mean, you know, both you know teams are losing, everybody both teams. goes through everybody goes through their winning and losing some more than others, <laughs> Redskins. But um, you know, uh, we we trying to find trying to figure it out. Today we scored more points than we've we've had all season. So you know, we figured something out today. Eli still threw two interceptions. I wish they would trade him already. That's me personally. I haven't I haven't liked him since we drafted him. I felt like we gave up too much. Man, you can't like say that. Man, look, I have won not. you two Super Bowls. He did not win us two Super Bowls. That defense won us two Super Bowls. But we're not even don't don't even get me started with that, because I could I could do that by itself. Okay, so I am not disrespectful. Look at we had two top five defenses those two years we won. And then first off, you got somebody who had stick them on a helmet for one of them. 
I mean, come on, man. And they, sh- they probably should have blew the whistle dead. I'm happy as a giant that we have two Super Bowls under him. But don't let's, let's not make it seem like it was because of him. It was in spite of him. Wow. I hope you never enjoy those Super Bowls for what you just said about Eli. Okay, that's fine. Guy. I mean, that's all fine. I, I mean, at least, see, it's like a family member. Only your family member could talk bad about you. Oh, I got you. <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's get this thing kicked off with our first topic today. Well, um, what it takes to be great. And when we're talking about great, we're talking about, you know, the overall athlete, the overall student athlete, what it takes to be great. And Micah is going to um, start out with his, um, with a topic from the physical aspect first. Yeah, so obviously to be great, um, you need to be a great athlete. The best, the best players are the best athletes. And uh, one thing that uh, Coach Smith at Old Kill Academy always talks about is when NBA GMs are calling him and they talk about guys and what it takes to play in the league, he says they need to be able to do two out of three things very, very, very well. They need to be, they need to be able to shoot, rebound, defend. If they can do two out of three of those things extremely well, they got a shot to be a very good player. And, um, and so to be a great rebounder and to be a great defender, you have to have two things, desire and athleticism. And desire, that's internal. Anybody can have, can have that, which I know you're going to talk more about that. But to be athletic, A, you have to be blessed with great genetics. But B, you also have to buy into a strength program. You need to get in the weight room. Um, I tell my athletes all the time, and I mean, it's, it's obvious with guys like LeBron James, the best players are the best, the best players are the best athletes. If you're bigger, faster, stronger than your opponents, and you have the de- desire to play hard, you rebound and defend, then, then you can be a very good player. And to, uh, uh, if you want to be able to, if you want to be able to be able to rebound, be able to defend, then you need to be bigger, faster, stronger, more athletic than your opponent. So um, it's obvious and it's awesome that LeBron and, and Dwayne Wade and, and Russell Westbrook and guys like that are very open and talk about how hard they train in the weight room. And so that stigma of basketball players not lifting and not training has kind of gone away. And, and and guys coming up nowadays know that they need to buy into a strength program if they want to be great. Well, what do you tell them? Michael, what do you tell those kids that, like, I'm pretty sure every kid that comes into the weight room does not automatically say, see those weights and those 45s and says, yes, okay, I'm going to go hard. Like, how do, you, how do you get them to that point where they understand that that's what they need to be great? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, we've been – We've been lucky at AC Florida to be able to develop a culture of where of training where it's expected, where we've had guys come through like Ryan Davis, Carl Gamble, Matt Howard, guys that all went on and played college athletics that were also some of the hardest workers in the weight room. And then also Coach Staley, the head coach, the CEO of the program, is puts a precedence on strength training. So, I mean, once – You've developed that culture where some of your best players are also your hardest workers in the weight room, and then your coach um, puts a very high precedence on strength training, like Coach Smith at Oak Hill puts a very high precedence on those guys lifting weights. And when it comes from the top, that 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 expectation is known, and they know that they've seen the results from the guys that have come before them. And then we also do a lot. Um, we do a lot of assessing our guys and, and test them frequently throughout the year. And 
Um, I think we all know any of us that have been involved in a strength training program, when you start to see those results in your body, you start to see your body change, you start to feel quicker, you start to feel yourself jump higher. Now you get addicted to that training program. And once once you get addicted, once you see those results, then 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 it makes my job a lot easier. And like so we just on um on Thursday, we just did um NBA uh NBA combat, the exact same drills that they do at the NBA Combine with our guys at AC Flora and uh, put them through those exact same um, tests, those speed, agility, and power tests and showed them how they compared to the guys at the um, NBA Combine. So it's it, it's being able to show them how they compare, what we're doing, how it's going to how it's gonna translate to their game, and then also setting those expectations from the start and then um, staying on them and monitoring them and assessing them and hopefully – that they'll see that hard work they're putting in is paying off, and and then it, it takes care of, takes care of itself from there. Well, I, you know, to I guess to piggyback on what you just everything you just said, I was at the um, uh, Prep Hoops Top Eighty Camp today, uh, and of course Josh. Uh, Coach no, Staley. Hoop Phenom. Hoop Phenom, I'm sorry. Phenom, Phenom, Hoop. Phenom Hoop Report. Yeah, Phenom. I'm sorry. Shout Phenom. Out to Jamie Shaw. Yeah, Jamie shout out Shaw. to Jamie sorry, Shaw Jamie. And, and Rick Lewis. Rick uh, Lewis, some yeah. of the best in the business. Yeah, they did a great job. It was a great camp. Um, I enjoyed being there. Um, what you saw uh, was kids, like some of your kids from AC Floor, not get moved off their spots, um, which was which was a big thing. And you saw other kids that were kind of just pushed around. you know, And you could tell that they're not putting in time in the weight room and one of the biggest misconceptions I heard um, somebody say when I was at Denmark for a while is why are we lifting weights coach is going to mess up somebody told me it's going to mess up my shot and I said well how's that <laughs> tell me how I don't know how I well, it, will, it will mess this shot up mess around and make it better <laughs> yeah. that terrible thing you got pushing from your chest <laughs> I mean it's just it, it was amazing to watch and you could tell the kids that were in the weight room uh, uh, that, that that work at it I know some people are just some kids are just you know freaks of nature and they're just yeah. naturally strong but even in that even their some part of their body would be weaker their kids today that you just noticed it like you just said it jumped out at you and that is just to speak to them really really physically getting after it in the weight room because i think uh, well i know coach daly said it last week you know it's not what you do it's how you do it exactly. when you're in the weight room everybody can go through the weight room workout we can go through the circuit but are you really really lifting or are you just going okay let me just are you attacking yeah. the reps are you attacking the reps so so coach um coach kurtz Gave us an unbelievable detail of what it takes to be great physically. Tell me about the skill set element. Well, I mean, just like anything, um, skill is, you have talent. Everybody has talent. But skill only comes up hours and hours and hours and hours and days and days and days of beating that on your craft. Like, whatever it is that you're trying to do. Um, if you, I, I, As an English teacher, when I'm teaching my English class, I said, if you want to be a writer, how can you be a writer and you don't write every day? You know how, how how do you how do you how do you do that? I don't understand how some kids who say they want to be like the LeBron James, and if you go back and watch that video, uh, uh, the documentary they did on his team from that time, what you saw was them working out all the time. They were working on their skill. They were in practice in the gym with a ball. Uh, they have multiple. LeBron James has multiple workouts on 
on uh, uh, YouTube where he's is him in the gym with probably a trainer and he's working on it. Kyrie all the time on videos, just working on his craft. And I think um, kids don't take the time. They think I'm supposed to just go out there and coach is going to roll this ball out and, and, and we're going to go ahead and just we're going to go ahead and pick five on five and play park ball. You know, um, you have to have every day, I think, that you should be working on a different aspect of your game. And you turn around and then the next week you do it again. You do the same thing over and over again. You work on, for me, I'm a basketball coach. So, you know, for me, it's we're going to work on your ball handling every day. We got to do something towards your ball handling every day. And then we're going to work on shooting every day. And then we're going to work on rebounding every day. You know, work on defense every day. And so this way... You're working on the skills that you need to be successful for when you go off and play in the grassroots tournaments or you go to these these camps. What I was completely impressed with my kids today was we worked on this week. We've been working a lot on defense, moving their feet and reaching less. And one of my kids who always reached the entire uh, last year, I couldn't pay him not to reach, did not reach and ended up with more steals this weekend than he had all today than he had almost all year last Your year. Your guys look good out there. I like, I like You know, the so to me, you know, it was because, but it was because we worked on it and I had to constantly be in his ear saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it. And he had to constantly be doing it, doing it, doing it. And to, well, uh, Coach Kirsch said, y'all tested him. Well, we have this thing on Fridays where we max out and all of that on Fridays. And then, and I don't know if that's the proper thing to do, but that's what we do. Uh-huh. So I need advice on that. Hey, <laughs> hey if they're working, if they're working, that's, that's, that, that, that's, that's the number one thing for sure. And then uh, after that, I got the shoot. I have, not I got, I have this shooting chart um, where it, they have to put up 300 shots, but it's 25 shots from this spot and then 10 free throws and then 25 and 10, 25 and 10. And after each section, they got to write down how much they made. And we track, we're, right now we're tracking that throughout the offseason to help them get their shot better. What's funny is Trey went up, excuse, I didn't mean to use his name, but he went up, I think, by about 12-something percent from last week to this week. And today, in his first game, hit about five, six threes. You know, and it, you you saw the marketable difference because he practiced on the skill that is his weakest. And I think sometimes kids figure, okay, well, I'm a ball handler. Well, ball handling wasn't, you only got four dribbles today. Mm-hmm. So how, So your ball handling meant absolutely nothing today. It just meant now now I got to be effective with, with what I got, with what I have. And so I think that skill, a skill gets lost a lot because people mistake talent for skill. And that's 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 a road that you can't go down because you can have all the talent in the world. But if you're not working on it, working on it, working on your skill, the skill set, the ability to catch a triple threat, create space without even putting the ball on the floor. Turning your body between the defender and the ball, using effective dribble, pulling up, reading your defender, reading the help, you know, having all of these different skill sets that make your that take your talent to a whole nother level. And and I, like I said, I think it goes underestimated. That's why a lot of parents with, with 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 kids who are talented and a lot of kids that are talented get over a lot is because. The talent only carries you to that next level. Okay, talent might get you out of high school. Okay, but when you get to college, everybody got talent. Everybody has it. They wouldn't be in college if they didn't have that talent. But what might set you apart, might set them apart from you, is the fact that 
they actually were in a culture in which and their families and themselves believed in I've got to work on this every single day, every single day, every single day, every single day so that I can be the best that I could possibly be. Yeah, well, I love that what you just said, and I love that the lead-in that you had on from the previous podcast, where yeah. you're not you're not going against five guys, you're going against five thousand guys, yeah. There's guys from all over that are coming to get you. And I, when we start training our middle school kids, um, I talk to them all the time about, hey, you you might be the best athlete right now in your in in your grade, and a lot of that has to do with your genetics and that you're just further along developmentally wise. But I, every time I, I see kids that are the best as eighth graders and there's just kids that are hungry and outwork them and work on their skill set and work on their athletic development and they pass them by the by the time they're yep. seniors in, in high school and then obviously it continues on through college. I mean, look at Steph Curry. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... Who, who knew that? Like, I yeah. mean... Yeah, uh, that's, that's so much of skill set and um, it gets us kind of to what we want to talk about next. The mental, the mental aspect of what it takes to be great. But speaking on that, like Coach Kurt's strength program is unbelievable because I, I live with it. You know, I live and and it's hard. I don't like it. You know, I, I complain about guy's it. Guy's an angry guy. But he's not lifting by there, but he's an angry I guy. Complain about it daily. But you know, heck, we're older now, and you're going to laugh. Most people aren't going to believe this, but heck, just this summer before I hurt my ankle, I was catching an alley oop dunk. From Matt Howard, you know. Shout out to Matt. Matt will vouch for it. Matt will vouch for it. Ask him, man. Tweet him and ask him. He threw me up. And, you got you um, to see it to believe it. Okay? Yeah, you got to see it. But you did see that time you came to our gym for the uh, summer. And, and uh, me and my assistant coach gave y'all the business. I will put, I will put my uh, – yeah. I'll, I'll vouch that uh, – I'll put my um, <laughs> money on that. Coach Daly's the strongest, uh, strongest basketball coach in the state. That's a strong dude, right but there. But that's fine. I, I, partner. I, I will, I will not tell a lie. I will not tell a lie. I do not. I lifted with those boys the other day. Yeah, you don't like it. I know. I was soft for about two, three days. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it saw me. <laughs> I haven't been back. But so it gets into every and every week. I say. I'm going to get back out there. I'm going to get back out there with them. And I'm going to do it with the kids that lift the lightest. And I'm just going to work out yeah, with them. Yeah, and I figure, you gotta, and you I figure it'll, it, it'll, it'll make it happen. And then I'm sore the next day. Or yeah, let's, let's talk about yeah, this mental aspect of what it takes to be great. Um, it's it, you got to be physically strong. you got to be skilled. Then you have the mental ability. you got to be mentally tough in order to be great. And one of one of the biggest things of, of, of being mentally tough is always having yourself under control. Like you can't you can't be to the point where if your coach admonishes you or gets on you and you lose it and you flip out. That means you aren't under control or you won't you don't want to be the player that's in the game that the opposing coach is telling his guys, nudge him, push him, talk to him, because you're gonna you're gonna lose control. So I think one of the first steps in being mentally tough, you have to be under control. You can't find yourself always losing it or catching that attitude or pouting when either someone's trying to get you better or one, someone is trying to just get up under your skin, which gets into when you're, when, when you're, mentally, when, when you're mentally under control and you got yourself under control, now you can kind of focus on the things you can control. Mm-hmm. I think that's the next step in being mentally tough. Um, you got to really be able to understand what you can and cannot control. Like Coach Kurt said, I can go really attack the weight room. Coach English said, I can go take my 500 shots a day. You can control that. 
I can't control if the other guy come out and hit 12 threes. Okay? Mm -hmm. But I can't control if I was doing my squats efficiently. I can move my feet a little bit better, get my move my hips a little bit better to stay in front of that guy. You know, coach said work on not reaching. Now I can really sit down and grind and not and not reach. So you have to be able to focus on the things you can and cannot control because you can't control them all. You can't control them all. And that's just another part of being um, mentally tough. Um, also, I think you have to learn from your past. Like a lot of people aren't mentally tough because they make the same mistakes over and over. As coaches, we always say it. Like stop making the same mistake because in your mind, you aren't processing that mistake and learning from it. Exactly. You know, I always tell my kids, like I know um, I tell my sons this, a lot of people be like, oh, yeah, you got to go through it before you know what to do. No, you don't. Because if I see someone get hit by a car. I don't need to know that car hurts in order for, you know what I'm saying? I don't have to get hit by that car to know it hurts. Oh, man, I really wish they wouldn't have got hit. But let me look both ways so I don't get hit by the car. So you have to learn from your mistakes. You have to learn from other mistakes. Use it Use it as as others. Um, just use it as, as learning lessons, as, as stepping stools, as a ladder. And the next thing I think, you know, is, is pretty big because a lot of us don't do this. We have to stay away from a jealous spirit. Okay, that's 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 being mentally tough. Like, let's say we're all teammates here, and Micah, twelve for fifteen, lit him up for thirty-five. Coach English Yusuf over there has seventeen points, eleven rebounds, and I, I and I was off, so I only played five minutes when I was averaging seventeen minutes a game because I was off. So coach took me out. I have to be just as happy for those guys' success as if though I was scoring and rebounding myself. See, most but see, most people struggle with this. It's because parents don't teach that at the house. Every morning my sons wake up, we say, we say um a few things every morning. Keep God first, be a hard worker. If you want to be great, you got to work hard. Be a leader, not a follower. And one of the things that always stick to me, because my mom talked to me about this when I was little, never be jealous of anyone. Always be happy when someone else is successful. Because when you are when you celebrate someone else's success, when you're happy because someone else is successful, it actually kind of um, enlightens you on what it takes for you to be successful. You can, you can learn from them. You yeah. can learn from them. I, uh, I remember, just to speak to that, I remember um, when you went to, because I was at both of your state championship games, and I actually sat with your wife, this, both of them. And it's the one that you won, Lynn was like, um, uh, she was like, Wait, you go? are you going to go? I said, yeah, I got to go. That's my man. Like, right. that's my guy. And I, I could feel, now every year, I ain't gonna, like every year I have this feeling that's burning inside of me that says, okay, this is my year. This is my year. And I think as a coach, if you don't have yeah, that burning yeah, in you, yeah, you, you shouldn't even be doing it. But like if Jake was to go. I'd be right there and not up at top mingling with the thing. I want to be in the stand sitting there because I want to be able to say, I sat there and watched you get this. I was genuinely yes. happy for Josh, you know, and because be, especially being on his staff at OW when we had an immaculate game plan and, you know, the bottom just fell out, you know, and it was my only opportunity then. I know how the, the hill, the mountain that he climbed and now he, and he, and he lost another one the year before, and it went right back. It takes a lot to be cons a winner consistently, but it also brings out so much jealousy out of people, and sometimes from the people that are closest to you. And I remember going, and I felt like, and I, I, I've never told him this, but I felt like I won. 
You know what I'm saying? I felt like I won that day. I was so that happy for him that I felt like I won that day. But it's it's so many other people that just have that jealous spirit and that's why they're they're not gonna get what what should be sometimes what should be laid out for them and what they should get because they too busy worrying about what you got over there. It's like you know, uh, um, when you're talking about us, if, if you're off and this, that, and the third, and he's on, shoot, last weekend, Chris got lit up for 200 yards in the first three quarters. They took him out, put another corner back in. The cornerback gets an interception. Chris was the first one on the field to give him a high five. That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Chris was the first one on the yeah. field, yeah. jumping up and down, this and that, and Everything else. Because team success is way more important than individual. Because if the team is succeeding, individuals are succeeding. Well, that's why I'm happy that parents listen to this. Because I think that, because I had one of the feedbacks I got, she was, a parent was like, man, I, I really didn't, I didn't understand it that way till you told it. Not talking about that, but parents need to hear this. Kids need to hear yeah, this. It's, it's, you know, the, if the team is winning, your kid could drop 40 in a college and never walk through your gym if the team's losing. They, they might come initially, but he's on a losing team. What, what do I keep what am I coming out here for? Yeah, you got let, 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 you got to, man. But to you finish know, up sorry. these, these, I mean these no, you good. The characteristics of what it takes to be mentally tough. Um you don't you don't want to be someone that's always being a pessimist and looking at what's wrong, also. Because when you are that type of person, you're gonna struggle. Something I tell my coaches, like never look at what a kid can't do, focus on what you can get out the kid. Because when you look at what a kid can do, it's going to keep piling up. Oh, it's going yeah. to keep piling up. Like, yeah. so what can I get out of this kid? Then it reverses. You 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 can grow. You can grow with that person. Um, when you're competing, young people, and you're trying to be mentally tough, the only person you're competing with is yourself. Don't get caught up in trying to be like, you know, well, I got to prove that, well, they ranked them number 20 and they ranked me 30. I got to show them that I'm better than that. No, don't, don't worry about that because... People that do rankings are just that. People that do, do rankings. rankings. <laughs> you know, that's their job. They do the rankings. So live with what they do and prove to yourself that you're better than that. You don't have to prove it to anyone else because as soon as you start proving it to someone else, all it takes for someone to be like, yeah, that's good, but I've seen better. Now you're right back to where you started from. You always want to prove it to yourself. And last but not least on what it takes to be mentally tough and you know, as far as being great, um, just just always be grateful for what you have i've seen kids be like oh man you know i don't i don't have i only have one offer well it's like 50 million kids in america with no offers okay so be so be very appreciative be grateful for what you do have and we're going to close that out on as far as what it takes to be great and move into our next topic um with basketball tryouts coming up really really soon or just any trials we're going to talk about from a perspective we could be any trial um Making the team, like what 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 are coaches looking for when you go to these tryouts? Because sometimes tryouts can be tough, but um, you know, making a team. How can I make this team? We're gonna start with um, Micah again this time. I mean, obviously, you guys are you guys are the the head coaches. You guys are the ones that are picking the teams. But I mean, I think you you hit on a lot of that stuff in as far as being great. That doesn't even. It doesn't even factor in your skill level, your athletic, your athleticism, your whether you can shoot or not. But are you a good teammate? Are you a hard worker? How do you handle coaching? How do you handle criticism? Uh, 
what type of body language do you display out on the court? I mean, all that stuff. Uh, and again, you guys are the ones picking the team, but correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, that's stuff that you're looking at right off the bat. Oh, yeah. And if, hey, if you're not the best shooter out there and if you maybe are not the most athletic kid out there, but you're a great teammate, you work extremely hard, you're extremely coachable, you handle criticism, you have great body language, I mean, that's going to that's gonna give you a good shot of, a, of having a shot to make the team yeah. without even being able to play. <laughs> and, then if you can, and then if you can rebound, then if you can defend, then if you're athletic and you can shoot it, now, now you're the man. You know, and, and to piggyback on what you said, I'm glad you said about being a great teammate. I have a, I've, I've been blessed to have an opportunity to coach a really, really, really good freshman, freshman point guard this year. He's just a freshman. And you know, when you're the freshman quarterback, the freshman point guard is really, really hard. So I'm like, man, do I keep this kid on varsity or do I let him run the show on JV? But he did one thing to make me be like, I got to figure out how to keep this kid on varsity because I think he's going to be special. Every dead baller, every time a kid comes out in practice, he's dapping him up. Not after they make a great play, but while they're on the sideline, he's dapping them up. He's telling them, good job. And I'm like, man, this is a freshman doing this. I need to have that kid in my locker room. So body language and being a great teammate is big for, for, for any team, especially if you're trying to make the team. I mean, when in that, I think, speaks volumes um, is, is what you're doing, not what you say. You know what I'm saying? And it goes underestimated. Kids, kids think that if they can ball, that, that assures them a spot on the team. I had a, a kid tell one of my assistant coaches this week, um, he asked him, hey, are you going to come out for basketball? Because he plays football. So are you going to play basketball? He says, yeah, well, if Coach E, got, if Coach e um, is going to give me a spot, yeah, I'll come out. And I, I told the coach, I said, well, don't worry about it. <laughs> you got to come and try out just like everybody else, you know. I don't want a guy who I don't want a guy who's asking for, <laughs> for a, a spot. guaranteed spot. Yeah, before you even get here, want guys that want to compete. Right? Yeah, yeah, I want guys that that want to compete, that have that fire, that have that have that in them. That that I mean, because I have this kid who last year there's a church league um, in the town where I coach, and I went there because another kid that was coming out who had came to workouts. I was like, hey, coach, I got a game in the church league. I said, okay, I'll, I'll come out there. And hmm. for lack of better words, little short white kid, couldn't do much. But, man, and his his form was ugly, but the ball kept going in. And he was hustling all over the court. Like, right. he was just running everywhere. And I was like, so I talked to him. I said, hey, you, what school do you go to? He says he goes to the high. I said, well, we got workouts. Do you want to come out? He's, oh, no, coach, I'm... This is about as far as I'm getting, man. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm all right. <laughs> I said, man, just come out and see if you like it. He came out, and right now, he is the hardest working kid that I have. He will literally cry if I, if I, because he'll like he'll lift so hard or so so much that when we go into the gym, he might start having a little chest pain <laughs> or something. So I got he'd be like, Coach, man, I, I can't be. I can't, oh, all right, well, go sit down. Nah, Coach, I ain't sitting down. I ain't sitting down. Please don't make me sit down. Please don't make me sit down. And he'll go and sit down and literally cry. And I have to go over there. I said, are you crying? And he said, Kobe, man, I just want to be out there. I just want to be out there. And if I have an open gym, he's there. Now, he's to the point where we had a little AAU team out of the area. 
and he led the team. He led that team in scoring. Still can't dribble too well, but his form got better. His shot is more consistent, and now he's working on his skill. Because every day he says, "Okay, coach, how was that?" And I'll go, Nate, and stop asking because I know that you know <laughs> what it is. And what's so funny is to watch the kids progress because the other kids around him like having him on their team because he knows one thing look i can shoot it i can't dribble so if i catch it and i'm not open i'm gonna pass it and i'm gonna run the play until i get it again and if i'm not open i'm gonna pass it and i'm gonna run the play until i get open again and then when i get it and i'm open i'm gonna hit it so the kids are always looking for him he plays defense as hard as he can, but that that was because he's been working, 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 and now he's gonna make the team with no problem. There's no fear in my heart. He's one of the best shooters we have in the program, and people laughed at him at first, and he didn't care. Yeah, he daps everybody up just like you know, Coach Josh. You know, he just goes through his his daily grind, and he's a grinder. And you know, even if he didn't have Tosco, I mean, he made the team last year, and we kept him on after football got out, but. I mean, even now, he's better than the kids. some of the kids that we got coming in, and he's probably going to get playing time. Now, I don't see him making an impact probably until the senior year because he's got that long, that far of a way to go. Right. But because of his work ethic, I know he's going to get there. Now, from a skill aspect, what, what I know what we do in, in, at my uh, where I am is I give all my assistant coaches a sheet, and, uh, and on that sheet it has ball handling, rebounding, a number of different categories. And I give them the sheet, and I run the practice. I give each one of them a sheet. And then they just mark from 1 to 10 in each category. And then we get together as a staff. They give me their sheets. We put it on who had the most points. And we just put it up. We add up all the points. And just whoever had the most points, top 12, varsity, bottom 12, JV, unless the JV players, junior, we kick them off, add somebody younger. And then we take into account study hall hours and other little stuff. But from a skill aspect, we look on ball handling. Um, is your ball handling effective? One. Two, are you being pushed off your spot? Because a lot of kids, they they, they could do a dribble drill when ain't nobody playing defense. Oh, by far, I can dribble right now. <laughs> you know, but then when somebody starts playing defense and physically yeah. getting in them, now it's, you know, here we go. Um, it's a turnover every 10 seconds. They want to go between their legs and do too much. Um, shooting the balls, the, how does their form look? Uh, are they taking good shots? Are they taking bad shots? Um, uh, basically, the shot selection. Um, are they playing selfishly? Because, um, you know, tryouts, a good bit of tryouts is just, hey, you five and you five, and let's see what happens. Um, and, and are they playing selfishly? Are they going to make a layup one-on-three when they could kick it to the corner for a wide-open shot? I'm looking for, you know, kids that are going to make the correct play. What is the correct basketball play in the situation um, or rebounding not only did you rebound but are we boxing out the person who's nowhere who you can't get um, a rebound are you boxing out we have a thing a saying that goes on if you're on the side you ride if you're opposite you, you, you hit and go get you know so are you riding out your man on that side now we teach them all these things and we teach them the drills and then we go then we testing their listening their, their ability to listen then we teach them a little simple play and we say, okay, run it. Can they run the play? We're looking for IQ, you know, especially on the varsity level because at, in the league we play in, excuse me, and just to get to the championship game, we have a gauntlet 
of what you say about seven of the top ten teams in the yeah, state. It's, it's All right, from the it's, lower state, it's it's, it's, it's depressing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's nuts. Not only like, are like all the kids talented, like these dudes know how to coach. coach. Yeah, it's like I'm like I'm like every night is like oh my gosh, like you're going through three, five, ten adjustments. Like, bro, can you just make me adjust once or twice and get out of there? But and the, the worst part is in it is. Especially when you know the coach and you know how they prepare. Yeah. You know how hard they prepare. Like, I know Josh knows how hard I prepare. I know how hard he prepares. I had to play Jake last year, and I know how hard Jake prepares. And, shoot, Jake had me down, and I had to go to a, a something completely away from what we was doing because Jake prepared well enough to take away what we did. And I have to have players on the floor or on the team that can ride with those adjustments. Right. And, and, and – from a skill aspect, that's the biggest skill. The biggest skill, well, actually, the biggest skill is the biggest skill a coach looks for. Listen to this. Listen, listen to me, kids, parents, everything. Listening, the skill of freaking listening. <laughs> that, you just the skill of listening, because if you do not have that, I promise you, I don't care how good you are, you you sit on the bench, you make the team. But you sit on the bench if you can't listen. If I'm, if we calling man and you in zone, you do not help me. If we're calling shoot big you and you running something else, like you are not helping me. So the skill of listening, you want a skill? That's it. If there was one, if there's the list of skills, the number one one is listening, listening, and then being a teammate. I think those are the two of the top skills that that's something parents can do. For their kid, that'll help them make the team. Because if you sit there, think about think about all the childs and kids you've cut. Is nine times out of ten, well, you know, about fifty percent of them is kids that can't play. All right, the other fifty is, is probably kids that just, if they would just listen, would have made the team. Yeah, I, but it goes back to so we can finish up on uh, making the team. You know, both of y'all made unbelievable points, but I don't, I don't think because a lot of people listen, like you just said, they listen. They hear you, but they're not really listening. Yeah, see, see we, we, we're hearing something and listening are two totally different things. Like, yeah, you, I, I, I heard. You got programmed in, and they just say yes, sir, yes, yeah, sir, yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. They don't listen. Then when you're listening, you're like, you're, 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 you're calculating the data. Both of these coaches just in front of me, they talked about what it takes to make the team. But did you notice how they talked about how the program works year round? You know, Coach English said, "I asked the kid, do you want to come to workouts?" See, the day of just the mass bodies at a tryout and tried out for two or three yeah. days, yeah. that crap is so far gone. Yeah. Look, unless you are like a flat-out monster, <laughs> I'm talking about monster like walking the gym and the coach is about to put you on the team before you even warm up because you look like something unbelievable. Yeah. It's hard to walk in the gym and just make a team with two or three days of tryouts, one, two, maybe three days, because those kids – it's just not mathematically, logically, scientifically possible for you to keep up with a kid that's been grinding and lifting and skill setting for, let's say, four and a half months straight. You aren't going to be able to keep up with it. It's not possible. And, 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 and you come out there, like I said, you're going to have to be something unbelievable. I had kids tell me all the time, oh, yeah, I work out. I work out. Okay. And I'm not doubting that you work out. But you're going to, you're going to have to um, be able to... Um, fit into a whole program if you're trying to if you're trying to stick around um let's 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 close this thing out this episode out man we got one more topic we want to talk about 
which is something called the privileged athlete. Okay, and we're not talking about privilege in a sense, nice car, nice home, you know, and in, 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 in monetary and physical things like that. We're talking about that athlete that thinks they um someone owes them something, you know. Hmm. So we're we're gonna talk about that again. Um we're gonna start we're gonna start with Micah. He's gonna basically break down what a privileged athlete is, and then we'll we'll go from round table from there, breaking it down why it's important not to be one. Well, like Coach Staley just said, I mean, the privileged athlete stems from is is an athlete that thinks they deserve they deserve everything and, and don't have to earn it. Coach uh, Coach English talked about the guy who said, "Oh yeah, I might come out if Coach uh, Coach has got will give me a spot on the team." W- what is that? You earn <laughs> your spot, and and honestly, I think I think a lot of that now is becoming more pre- prevalent and it stems from which it could be another great show topic is growing up pop warner little league participation trophies oh participation trophies <laughs> all these guys just rolled their eyes <laughs> coaches do not like participation trophies if you're a competitor you should not like participation trophies um I mean, and so these kids grow up like, hey, I showed up and I played basketball. I played in the football game and I get a trophy. I was the worst player on the team. We got beat by 50, but I got a trophy. <laughs> and so now they just think they, they deserve it. They're supposed it's to a, get something, yeah. It, and that develops that privileged mindset. And now, um, I mean, it's sports like we t- we've talked about it last week. I mean, Sports training. I mean, these are there is no better breeding ground for being a success in life than sports and training, and because you get rewarded for your hard work and for being a great teammate and for being a good person and for being coachable. But now, for somehow, these youth leagues have decided that it's a good idea to say, hey. Everybody wins. Everybody gets a trophy in, and it's developing a privileged athlete. And it, it it is doing more harm for the athlete. Is doing more harm for the athlete for when they get to high school, and is doing and it's not doing them any good for teaching them lessons to go on for the rest of their life. So I mean, that's my thoughts on the privileged athlete. And uh, I think participation trophies have a lot to a lot to blame for that. <laughs> I, I think. I'm going to talk about it from this standpoint. If you're a privileged athlete, these, this is why a college coach will not recruit you. Okay, one, if you think someone owes you something, you're not going to go as hard or go after it as hard as someone that feels like they're trying to earn something. Okay, because owing and earning are two totally different things. College coaches want people on their team that are going to try to earn things because life isn't easy. You know, um, I saw a statement. Um, I think it was Coach Kirsten told me how like CEOs read so many books. But the reason they're reading so many books is because they're constantly trying to earn and acquire knowledge. They're not thinking. They don't go with the mindset that someone owes them something to continue to be the CEO. So you want to you want to constantly earn it, and if you're not a if you're not an earner, college coaches don't want you around. Because if you're privileged and you think someone owes you something, you're not going to be a great teammate. You're not going to get to practice on time. You're going to be one of those guys that are the 
last to arrive and the first to leave. You want to be the complete opposite of that. You want to be the first to arrive. You want to be the last to leave because those are the type of guys that college coaches want in their locker room, okay? My job is on the line as a college coach because this is what I do. So I got to have kids that are willing to buy in. They won't recruit you if you aren't going to buy in and do whatever it takes for the team to be successful. If you're a guy that's only worried about your numbers, college coaches aren't going to recruit you. Look at the Carmelo Anthony situation. Carmelo Anthony, you know, every day nowadays everybody says, "Oh, I'm I'm not a I'm not a post player. I'm a stretch four, hmm. or or I'm this and I'm that." Carmelo Anthony to me has one of the best skill sets ever to play in the NBA. Yeah, he doesn't have championships, and you could talk about that on and on. But skill set wise, you're not going to find too many six nine dudes that could do what he does with the ball. Mm -mm. No. He went to Syracuse with this skill set. And, of course, he got better over time, but he went to scare Syracuse. And if you watched Syracuse win that national championship when he was there, he played power forward. Yeah. Not not, not the stretch four. Not, not a three-man playing small. This young man played power forward. And the bulk of his points came from the paint. He scrapped. He rebounded. He defended. Well, as best as Melo, as best as Melo can defend. But he did whatever he possibly could have done for the team to be successful. Nowadays, nowadays you have you have kids, you have kids that um be like, well, I don't. I had, I had a kid say, well, I'm, I'm not I'm not a post player, so he got me playing a four. Well, what are you then? Because basketball players, if you if you're looking at sports nowadays, not even just basketball from every from every element, if you look at basketball players, they do whatever it takes to win. The great ones do. You got Montgomery that was drafted as a wide receiver by the Green Bay Packers, and isn't he their starting running back right now? Running back this right man now. was wearing number eighty eight in the backfield. Imagine if he was like, Man, I'm a I'm a wide receiver, I'm not a running back. No. Great players. Do whatever it takes for the team to win. So if you're not one of those guys willing to do whatever it takes for the team to win, that college coach is not going to recruit you. If you aren't coachable, that college coach isn't going to recruit you. And what does it mean coachable? Well, listen, I did what you tell me to do, but how did you do it? Did you do it with an attitude or did you do it accepting and willingly and with the mindset of this is what it's going to take for the team to be successful? So parents, make sure... Like Coach Kurt said, you, 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 I know everybody wants their baby to get their trophies. I know some of y'all parents will be like, oh, Josh, you're wrong for that. Several times, like my sons play Little League, I didn't let them get the trophies at the I end of the year. I love that. I love that. I didn't let them get it. Like, I literally you didn't just, earn it. Didn't earn it. I just <laughs> act like we forgot to go out there that Saturday and get the trophy. Because you know why? Even though they're only nine and six and they were younger back then, be an earner now because majority of your peers aren't going to be earners. And, but eventually you're going to run into other earners. And if you aren't an earner and, and, and it's not deeply embedded in you, in your heart, your mind, your body, your soul, you're going to fold. Okay, I'm not, I'm not raising laundry. I'm raising strong young men. So yeah, I, 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 a lot of times I don't let them get the trophy. And that can be, and that can be a great learning lesson you can give them. Then let them go up and get their little participation trophy, take that picture, and then when you walk into the car, say, "Yeah, all right, son, throw that thing out." Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, but that, that's, but that's what we, I guess that's kind of the culture that has been.
uh, that we're in now is because they don't want anybody, any, any kid to feel bad. You know, we don't want any of the kids to feel bad, so we're just going to give everybody this. Right, you're going to feel bad later. You know, know, but, welcome to life. Yeah, but, to life. <laughs> see, but I, just like on our awards, I don't believe in giving out an MVP, but I will give out these other little awards. I don't give everybody... Everybody don't get one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. everybody doesn't get one. I hope not. But, but <laughs> you know, a hell of a team. I give out like I give out like three, and that's it. And 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 it's nine times out of ten geared around leadership and teammate and stuff like that, characteristics and highest GPA. Like those are the things that I give out because those are the things that you want to make sure that you foster in the kids because that's the that's a part of what For makes sure. it makes your program a winning program. Uh, I didn't do it on purpose, but. Uh, my son played soccer for the first time. Played his first sport. Loves soccer. Apparently, I can't get it out of him. I want to get it out of him, but I can't. No, let um, that boy play soccer. Um, he likes he likes soccer. We'll All right, soccer. so uh, like his uncle Malcolm, he <laughs> I send his uncle Malcolm the pitches when he takes them. But anyway, so um, they were going. They they had to play their last game, and then they had to go take pitches, and then they had to go pick up the participation trophy. So he went, took the pitches, and. It said participation trophy, so I have, eh, you know, whatever. So I just put him in the car and left. So Lynn calls me, hey, where's Mir? I said, um, are we gone? What happened? Well, he he didn't get his trophy. They looking for him to give him his trophy. I said, man, yeah, I'm not bringing him back up there for that. Um, and it wasn't done consciously. I didn't consciously do it, but, and I didn't even think about it. But at the same time, I was like. I'm not going back up there for yeah. this this little plastic thing that's supposed to make him feel okay about the fact. Now, he, he did score the most goals on his team. Yeah. But then again, it's a bunch of four-year-olds running around. Yeah, somebody I, had I, somebody I, had to score more than three. I, you know? I, I, I <laughs> you left know? my participation trophies on purpose. Let that be noted and fouled. We did not want those things. And I'm glad you said that about the trophies because something I do personally with my team, I don't give out an MVP award at the end of the season. Yeah. You know, I don't really do the best rebound. I don't do best defense because I believe everything that you succeed at this level, it depends on your teammates. Yeah. You need each other. Now, I do completely agree at the NBA and NFL level. I believe in the MVP because I believe Russell Westbrook was the most viable player in the NBA. Pardon me. But that's something totally different. These are grown men that understand what it takes to be successful. because they are. I don't want to be a part of that genre that's that's teaching kids – the um, lack of importance of what it means to be a great person, a great teammate. So you're never going to play for me. I gave out, since I've been coaching, I've only gave out one MVP trophy. And it went to a kid who dad passed away right before the season started. And that kid was really close to her dad. She didn't miss a workout. She didn't miss a practice. You know, your dad just died. Most people take off a month, two, yeah. three months. But she fought through it, and we were able to have a successful season. And the MVP meant more than just basketball stats because she wasn't really a big-time statistical leader. She was a starter, but it meant the fact that she still put the team before mm-hmm. everything else. She was Being a great teammate was more important than putting herself first. That's what the only MVP trophy I gave out. But I think we can conclude and bring this, this session to an end. Um, keep an eye out for the workout warrior of the week. We'll be posting either later on tonight or first thing in the morning. We had a guest um, coach this week, Coach Rob Rose, did the workout. He did some great work. We're going to be um, tagging him and um, giving him credit for that workout. If you're interested in him working one of your um, your kids out, um, we'll get your con- his contact information out to you. Well, thanks again. Thanks again. Thanks again for riding with us on another Sunday. 
Um, once again, you can join the conversation. Uh, email us at the Stalian English Show. That's A N D, the Stalian English Show at gmail.com. Uh, leave us your comments, um, shout outs, anything you want to do. Also, we're starting to take on uh, advertising. If you have, if you're a small business owner or a big business owner and you're looking to advertise, um, just email us and we'll send you out an advertising pack, packet. Um, also, you can now catch us on iTunes. That's kind of big. Oh yeah, you big can now catch right us. There. You can now catch us on iTunes. Just search the Staley in English show on iTunes. Download the podcast, and you can take us on the ride. Um, Coach Kurtz, we're out of here. What you got to yes, say, sir? Appreciate it, fellas. And hey, just say no to participation trophies. Say no, <laughs> man. Shout out to the Buffalo Bills for the Shout win. <laughs> Shout out to the Giants for doing what they. Hey, you want to be great? <laughs> we got a mission for our strength program. Be the best at getting better. Be the best at getting better every day. Be the best at getting better. No doubt, man. Be the best at getting better. Have a great Greatness. It's just something we made up. Somehow we've come to believe that greatness is a gift reserved for a chosen few. For prodigies for superstars and the rest of us can only stand by watching you can forget that greatness is not some rare DNA strand it's not some precious thing greatness is no more unique to us than breathing we're all capable of it all of us have greatness within you. You have the ability to do more than you can ever begin to imagine. See, I believe that anybody through observation and practice can perform at the level of excellence. But when you're pursuing your greatness, this is worth writing down, you don't know what your limits are and you act like you don't have any. So I say to you, you have something special. You have greatness within you. is not this wonderful, esoteric, elusive, godlike feature that only the special among us are, will ever taste. It's something that truly exists in all of us. It's very simple. This is what I believe, and I'm willing to die for it.